Hi, I'm Andy Moore, your Friday host of the 8 O'Clock Buzz. Thanks for spending your mornings with us. We love bringing you this blend of art and music and news and politics and, and more. In return, we ask that you spend a little to support this show. And it's easy. Go to wortfm.org slash donate. It's the Friday 8 O'Clock Buzz is what it is. I'm Andy Moore. Segment Uno. You could say that 2023 was a comparatively quiet political year in Wisconsin. I think that's safe to say. Comparatively, of course, being the key word there. It, you know, it, <laughs> at least we didn't have any state residents, you know, attempting to kidnap the governor of Michigan or anything, you know. And the bar's pretty low, but that's a good political year in Wisconsin. Uh, very low. But there were some 2023 developments under the state capitol dome that are worth recalling. Who better to do that then Milwaukee Journal Sentinel State Capitol reporter and old 97's fan Jesse O'Poyan, who joins us back on The Buzz, now on the phone. Good morning, Jesse, and welcome back to The Buzz. Good morning, Andy. It's good to be back. On the 70-degree morning. I, I said that um, 2023 was a comparatively quiet year in state politics. How would you describe it? <laughs> uh, you know, comparatively quiet is probably fair. Um, like you said, the bar is pretty low. <laughs> um it, it was, you know, uh, as, as I look back, there's, I, I, I kind of can't believe, though, that some of the things that happened in this year actually happened this year. It feels like they happened like five years ago. Oh, funny. Yeah. It, right. Uh, it, 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 but you, even if it's not like stealing uh, other states' governors, I'm, uh, I'm dragging them across <laughs> state lines. Uh, Wisconsin politics do does make for a very long year. Um and so congratulations for getting through it. We're not there yet. Anything can happen. You brought along four greatest hits, Jesse's greatest hits in state politics this morning, in no particular order. Share one now, if you would. Sure. Um, I think there are, you know, uh, probably probably more than four big things, but the, the four biggest things, I, I, I guess we could start with um, the shared revenue deal, which feels, again, like it happened about five years ago. <laughs> um, but this was a, a measure to increase uh, state funding for local governments, and it required cooperation between the Republican-led legislature, the Democratic governor, and the Democratic leaders of Milwaukee um, to increase uh, revenue to local governments and also allow Milwaukee to raise some local taxes to uh help its financial situation. It was quite a significant thing. I talked to Senator Melissa Agard about about that uh, um, during this hour last Friday. She used the word bipartisan, which is something that, you know, you have to, like, get out of a vault um, and blow the dust off that word uh, to use it in, in the state of Wisconsin. Um, it, it, how, did, how did that happen? How, how did the stars align for that kind of, as you described it, um, uh, both uh, major parties um, in the legislature and the governor uh, uh, coming to that agreement? Yeah, well, now that you mentioned it, I, I just realized that three of the four items that I chose were bipartisan things. Huh. So I guess that might be the theme for the year. Huh. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, so. God, that's refreshing to hear. Yeah, it kind of is, isn't it? Yes. Um, you know, this. I, I, I think the, the there are so many different factors. Um, probably not insignificant is the fact that the um, Republican National Convention is coming to Milwaukee, and so there's a little bit more of a focus on uh, how Milwaukee can be um, an economic driver for the state, how important Milwaukee is to the state, um, and how, you know, uh, they've they've got a a long 
long, mm-hmm. long history of financial problems, but the current uh, leadership is not necessarily responsible for those problems. Um, so they, you know, everyone was kind of willing to sit down at the table. It took a long time. It took um, months and months and months of conversations. But um, at the end of the day, I think everyone recognized that Milwaukee must succeed for Wisconsin to succeed. And also that local governments have been hurting for a really long time and the the funding mechanism for them has not been functional for a long time. Um, so those, those sort of shared needs and shared values came together and uh, something actually got done. You, you know, Milwaukee's been um, a political punching bag for so long. I, I remember um, Tommy Thompson um, telling everybody uh, in the northern part of the state, stick it to him. I don't know if you remember that famous line um, when when uh, this was goes back like three uh, counties, you know, Milwaukee Brewer stadiums ago uh, for the for the mm, for yeah, the taxes. Yeah. And and um, and so to, to elevate finally the, the state's uh, uh, um, the largest city, it, again, it, um, it's uh, that's 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 kind of a hopeful thing. Yeah, it, it, it does. It was maybe the, the first signal, I think, in the last year that the parties could actually work together and not just the parties, but that um, leadership in Milwaukee and, and the state capital could work together, which hasn't happened for a very long time. I, I can't even believe I'm hearing those words again. Um, it, it's really something. OK, so um, uh, 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 Jesse's greatest hits number two. Number two. Well, I guess while we're on the theme of Milwaukee, we could go with the Brewers Stadium deal, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, County yeah. Stadium, uh, Miller Park. Now <laughs> what is it now? <laughs> American, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. What What about that? Well, this is another bipartisan deal um, mm-hmm. that also took a lot of a lot of work behind the scenes. Um, a lot of work between Milwaukee leadership, between the two parties, um, and, and the governor, and the, the team itself. So we've got a, a new lease for the, the brewers that will extend through at least 2050. Um, this deal will fund improvements to the ballpark that are necessary to, to keep up with the obligations of the lease. Um, and you had actually, I would say, more more legislators from the Milwaukee area probably that voted against it um, because they felt that the team should contribute more and um, that the state was, was giving too much, um, but overall, it was a it was a bipartisan vote. Um, again, with the recognition, I think that the the state already owns this property. Um, you know, the, the this uh, ownership district has been in place for quite a while, and uh, similar, I guess, to the conversation that we had with the Milwaukee Bucks a while ago. There is a little bit of an obligation to try to keep the team here. Yeah, but the franchise, the, the Brewers, uh, that is, never really got too explicit. Um, unlike the Sea Leagues back before they built this new park uh, from the ground up, they, did they? Uh, they, they? It never got. They never like got they sent out any overtones of we were look we're shopping around. We might leave. We we, we really really might leave. They, they, it didn't come to that, did it? No, I don't. I don't think there are any real, real threats. I mean, the the conversation certainly is always out there, but um, the 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 Brewers were pretty clear, I think, in their in their public statements that they wanted to say that um, you know the the lease was already going to extend a bit longer. They were hoping to extend it more, um, and, and just looking for the funding to um, make sure that they could meet the obligations of the the lease for the for the ballpark. 
If you're just joining us, I'm talking with Milwaukee Journal Sentinel State Capital Reporter Jesse Opoyan. Um, okay, so shared revenue and um, Milwaukee uh, Brewers Stadium upkeep, uh, which is kind of another form of shared revenue. Um, okay, a, a number three on Jesse's greatest hits for 2023. Um, well, I, th- I think we might be counting up toward number one, so I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with the overhaul of the state's alcohol industry, which is another bipartisan piece of legislation. That's kind of a, a sleeper, too. It didn't get a lot of attention. Um, it, it, describe what that was about. It didn't. So we've, uh, it, 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 I think it got a lot of attention when it first rolled out, and then we all kind of forgot about it for, for a little while. <laughs> um, so Wisconsin's got this very complex three-tier system of regulation of its alcohol industry. Um, and because there are so many players involved in this, the state, distributors, retailers, brewers, distillers, what have you, uh, it's really hard to make changes to it without making someone angry. Um, and it this this happened, at, I, I, I won't say it didn't make anyone angry. Um, there, there were some people who were not too thrilled with it. But overall, uh, this was a pretty big compromise deal. The biggest players involved were all relatively happy with it. Um, and it basically, I guess, sort of just modernizes the regulations. So much has changed in this industry since, I mean, the initial laws put in place regulating it um, were enacted. And so there's um, things that, okay, so uh, it kind of changes, like, who can invest in Hmm. new alcohol businesses, um, Hmm. how late wineries can stay open, when bars can close during the RNC, where alcohol producers can sell their products. Um, It creates a new regulatory division within the State Department of Revenue, creates a new statewide bartending license. So it's, it's, it's huh. huge. It's a very wide-reaching God. bill. It once again, required a lot of bipartisan work and a lot of work behind the scenes to get that done. And, and it, does, it sounds like if you add all of those elements up, and there's probably a couple of other pieces that you didn't mention, it, it, it pretty much uh, cements uh, the future of Wisconsin maintaining its status as the drunkest state in the country. It, that's part <laughs> of it, isn't it? Well, yes, I think that's probably okay. Fair to say. Um, just <laughs> yeah. we don't need that to be messed with. So, okay, and so we're coming up on on, on number one. Um, Down and I, we don't have the drum roll um, effect uh, this morning. Uh, uh, Jim, I think it's out on his bike pack. Um, uh, it, so, number one, uh, Jesse's pick for uh, state political developments, twenty twenty three. I think you have to say number one is the election of Janet Protasiewicz to the state supreme court, uh, giving it a liberal majority for the first time in many, many years and setting the stage for a lot of potential changes to some pretty major policies. And um, the Republican response to that um, follows sort of the national lead. Um, Let's impeach the justice. Uh, That that, caused all kinds of temporary insanity around that, didn't it? There was a, there was a lot of, uh, hubbub around that for, for a little while after. Um, I did, uh, as did many other reporters, speak with Assembly Speaker Robin Voss uh, earlier this week about that. Uh, he told me he thinks there's probably a less than 1% chance that they move forward with any sort of action on that. But um, it, it did create a little bit of a stir um, over, you know, she campaigns have changed so much. It was the most expensive uh, state judicial race in national history, um, which is probably just going to keep getting, <laughs> you know, um, uh, and, and six, you know, I, apparently worth every dollar. I, I, forgive me if you just spoke to this, but 
uh, how many points uh, was her victory? It was. It was an eleven. Yes. Point, yes. Uh, victory. Yeah. Very. Uh, right. uh, in, in a state like Wisconsin, where we've got you know margins of tens of thousands of votes, yes. an eleven point percentage point victory is, is very. Uh, it's just mind blowing. Um, you know, it, 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 as you say, it, a three point victory is a landslide in the state of Wisconsin. Exactly. How do you think that portends uh, politically? Now we're going to shift into 2024. I also ask you to bring two predictions. I hope you remember to do that um, uh, <laughs> for today. But we'll put those on the shelf just for another moment. While I ask what you, how you think that 11-point statewide um, liberal um, Democratic-funded uh, victory um, uh, it, with the, the new justice, how will, how how does that translate um, in, into this coming election year, in your opinion? Well, I think it definitely put Republicans and conservatives on notice, um, particularly really on on the two issues that drove that campaign, which were redistricting and abortion. Um, it, you know, Supreme Court races are ostensibly nonpartisan, but um, have become increasingly partisan over the last few decades. And, and this race was probably the most overt uh, expression of political values that we've seen uh, on the campaign trail and in, in a judicial race in this state. Mm -hmm. um, so it, in some ways, I think you could see it as a referendum on the issues that she spoke about. You mentioned uh, redistricting. Um, a decision of some sort was expected at, as soon as this week. It didn't it didn't happen. Um, any any insight into that on on the maps? <laughs> um, we're all waiting. Uh, I think anyone who says they know when when that decision is coming is. Uh, lying to you <laughs> oh well barry but, burden um last week on this show said it, it could it could come before the first of the year just because as you know the hurry up uh for a march deadline um uh, for right, maps to exactly. be submitted so, I mean, so it certainly could um I, I like you said the march deadline is is what's key here so you know part of the question is does the court issue an order with new maps or does the court issue an order directing some other entity to draw new maps or i guess does the court not yeah. ask for new maps at all, um, but like you said, the, that that March deadline is pretty hard and fast. Important. Um, yeah. Okay, let's go off the high board now completely into uh, the diving well that is 2024. I asked Jesse, as I mentioned, to make two political predictions in the area of state politics in 2024. Okay, Jesse, what's one? Well, you uh, you keyed me up for it. I think we're going to see new maps. I, I think that that's very likely. Mm -hmm. um, just that's huge. That's what huge. We know about the court. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a, it's just a matter of who, whose maps and and how how they'll be uh, drawn. Correct. Correct, and and how dramatic the changes. Um, you know, looking at the majorities that exist in the legislature right now, I think you'd be hard pressed to see Democrats uh, gain a majority in the assembly. That's just such a huge margin to overcome. Um, but the mm -hmm. Senate is much closer, so. The question is, can Democrats actually gain a majority in one one of those mm -hmm. branches? Um, and and what's your second prediction for state politics in the in the coming year? Um, my second prediction, I think, is that abortion continues to play at, at the polls. Um, uh, that's that's I think a very sound prediction too. Um, and it's funny, a, a lot of the pieces that we've just discussed kind of go together, don't they? They really do. They really do. Um, and, and we're, you know, waiting on a, several court rulings on abortion, too. We, we yeah. have the circuit court ruling here in Dane County 
Um, that's being appealed right now. I think that's being appealed in a in the Waukesha-based uh, appellate court, which tends to trend more conservative. Depending on that outcome, I think it's you know pretty expected that we're going to see that come to the state mm. Supreme Court as well. And um, legislators, Republican legislators, are talking about um, what they're going to propose, kind of based on that ruling. So I I just don't see that issue going away, even. You know, I guess regardless of how the court rules. Just the point. Thanks for joining us on the Friday Buzz, and, and happy New Year Thank to you, you, Andy. Happy New Year, Andy. Thank you so much. Jesse Opoyan is the state capital reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and she made it through another year in that place. Okay, coming up after some music and some announcements, um, we're going to have Encore's picks because you don't know what you're going to do this music weekend. Uh, you, you, you think you do. Encore's going to help you with that. And then when we come back for segment two, get ready for the 10 words and phrases, actually, that Encore is teasing uh, with not only his picks, but his playlist this morning. It's the 10 words and phrases at Lake Superior State in their annual Banish the Words and Phrases list uh, ha- uh, has uh, for 2023. As I said, that's an annual project uh, at Lake Superior State University. Um, and and uh, and then uh, later in the hour, another uh, Friday Buzz exclusive, folks, uh, we'll have an actual interview with outgoing year 2023 the actual year he'll join us on the phone from chicago all ahead in the diminishing hours of 2023 you're listening to wrt fm in madison wisconsin and wrt online it's 8 30 